Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. So this episode was a ton of fun for me. Uh, It's kind of funny that we recorded this prior to the Rocky Mountain Showdown, which is the Colorado State-Colorado football game in which my CSU Rams were not victorious. So we we talk a little bit about uh, that rivalry because I'm in Boulder, so I have to talk about it. But I sat down with uh, Sydney, sat down with Valerie, Christy, and Alexis at uh, Interact Boulder, and we had a great time talking about all sorts of things from uh, the, the aforementioned football rivalry to packaging and culture and branding and sustainability. Uh, it was a really dynamic conversation. I think we're going to do more of these as, as we continue to roll out this podcast, because uh, I think it helps create some some cool ideas and, and also some really, uh, like I said, dynamic uh, conversations uh, around packaging. A lot of packaging decisions are made in a group. And so this was a cool opportunity to um, take this podcast into a group format, and hopefully we'll do some more. So enjoy this episode with Interact Boulder. Uh, all right, so this is our first um, podcast episode where we've done this sort of collective thing. By the way, it's going to be weird because you're going to like not want to make eye contact because you're like, oh, he's talking to the microphone, but not really because we're just going to have a conversation yeah. just to call it out. Uh, that's the hardest part when you're interviewing somebody for yeah. this. It's like, uh, who do I talk to and how do I? So we can just have a conversation. and. Cool. Uh, pretend that the mic's not there. So I'm here in Boulder, and I was explaining that I'm supposed to hate Boulder because I'm a Colorado State graduate, and we have... Go Buffs. Yeah. Yep, you got know. two of us here. I know, but it's like, this, it's like the fakest rivalry. Yeah. Because it's like we're not even in the same conference. And, and everyone knows that the Buffs are the best, so... See, when I went, when I went to Colorado State, the football team at the Colorado State University won three of the four years that I was there. So my, my very small time at CSU was a dominant time for Colorado State football. I was saying, then didn't football go away? At CSU, yeah, it's pretty much gone. Yeah, yeah we're, legendary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we have no... It's going to be actually nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can. We'll just, you know what? Forget packaging. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just talk about the CU-CSU fake football rivalry. Yeah, we love a good pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so... Um, I got to know you guys a little bit, though I wouldn't say like our companies don't know each other super well, but we were talking about um, the podcast and sort of what we're trying to do, and so we decided to try this sort of group, um, we'll call it like a company spotlight, but companies are made up of people, and uh, this is the people of packaging, so uh, you guys can talk a little bit about what you do here and all that stuff. So why don't we go around? So you guys can't see this is not on video. Thank God for all of us. Uh, me personally, I'm just like, I don't need to be on video at all. Uh, so, uh, so we'll kind of go around uh, and you can introduce yourself. So we'll start here and just say kind of who you are and what you do at Interact Boulder. Cool. Sydney Tomasello, I work as brand strategist here. So 
kind of doing all the upfront digging within data and culture and just understanding what's happening in consumers' lives in order to inform the package design. Valerie Hawks, I'm the production lead here at Interact Boulder, and I head up production and sustainability initiatives for our clients. You guys have very fancy titles. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like lots That's of really. It's purposeful, I guess. It's all pretend. Yeah. <laughs> it's all pretend. We actually just all hang out. That's awesome. Play with dogs. I feel like I'm one of these. So we are part of the, uh, we're part of the, by the way, there's two more people that I'm just jumping in the middle, but we're part of the Business and Bourbon Podcast Network. Uh, and I feel like some Where's of these things. Bourbon? That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like you some of these conversations would be a little bit, a little bit easier if it was like, uh, yeah, we had we had some bourbon or whiskey and we could have a conversation. But we don't have the bourbon business though. They do like sit around and have bourbon and they talk business and it's pretty cool. So anyway, go ahead. Cool. I'm Christy Wanamaker. I'm an account supervisor here at Interact. Uh, so I really manage. Uh, the projects through the studio, uh, everything from the day-to-day -to, -day to more big picture and serve as sort of the liaison between client and our internal team here. Awesome. And then this is Alexis Berg. I'm an associate account manager here um, on Christie's team as well. Are you assistant to the account manager or assistant <laughs> account manager? Associate. Associate. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Oof. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, not office fan? No? Yes? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't want to see it. Have you seen the show The Office? We need to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's clarify, fine. she is assistant to the account manager. <laughs> anyway, there's... She's an account manager that also helps other account managers. Yes. Okay. She's exactly. a Got it. And she, she not only helps, but she also leads a lot of her own projects. So she's an awesome asset to the team. Thanks, cool deal. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I don't know. Anyone can kind of take the lead on this question, but like, what, like, who is Interact Boulder as a as a brand, and what's kind of your role within the the packaging space specifically? Who feels most qualified? That's me. Yeah. So I can start. We're a branding and package design firm, so we work quite a bit with. Um, entrepreneurs in the space uh, as well as bigger companies we are always out sort of trend spotting which I'll let Wait. Sydney elaborate on yeah Sydney I don't know what that means yeah so <laughs> food and beverage is the name of the game for us so anything you can kind of ingest so that includes alcohol cannabis whatever it may be but that is what we pride ourselves on, and so we are. I mean, a lot of people want to call themselves foodies, but we'd call those people posers. We're the true foodies. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. True foodies of this industry, and kind of the way we do that is we go to over 14 food and beverage trade shows a year, everywhere from ones within the states to out of the states. So it's like we're heading to fancy food this weekend. We're at all the expos. We're at the different NAC shows. We're all over because truly we want to understand every single movement that's happening. Yeah. And then... With in addition to that, we also get to eat all over the place, you know? So understanding everything from top chefs, around, top chefs around the country to different food truck courts, whatever it may be, because ultimately that's where you find the trends from the chefs that are the actual trend makers themselves. And so we promise we're not all a million pounds here. We gotta work out in order to balance all the eating that we do. But food and bev is the name of the game and then we don't do every. We don't do the full service agency stuff. We okay. kind of brand is also the name of the game for us. So, 
unlike a lot of agencies that will do the social media, the marketing, the brand activation, those things, brands come to us that need to be built and like be built well. And so for us, it's everything from building a brand from the ground up. So they may come to us with a badass product and they, they need a badass brand to match that. And so yeah. we'll do everything from the naming to the identity work, to the colors, to the whole entire brand system, to the copy to truly kind of, we always say the best brands are built as if they are people. Yeah. So we're building those brands. And then once we have those brands established and we have the style guides and everything, then that we'll hand that off to other agency partners. But Brand building is what we do. Okay. Food and beverage is who we are. That's awesome. <laughs> that was very, well said. Yeah, very <laughs> professionally, very professionally stated. So, uh, <laughs> it's getting, it's getting slightly awkward, uh, but we're gonna keep, we'll keep pressing on. So, um, how much on a scale of one to ten? Uh, like I, I carry around, you know, like the doctor pain charts where it's like, how much pain do you feel? And it's like the happy face and the sad 11. face. Uh, how much do you hate papyrus font? Oh, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist in our infinity now. Okay, um, I still see it, and I feel like there are real there are problems that exist in the world, and uh, and getting rid of papyrus font is like. Uh, is that one of them? I want to like take pictures of. <laughs> Oh man, maybe we should have videotaped this. It's been fantastic. Uh, sorry, do you guys ever it's like listen hard, to comedy yeah. and like the comedians like, and then I'm all like, and they like make a bunch of hand gestures and you're just listening to it. You're like, I wish. We're a weird group of people, so that's why is where it comes in. Necessary. That's why this will be fun. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I've thought about like anytime I see like papyrus font and branding to just be like not today Satan and like take a picture and like like out that brand and just be like somebody please reach out to them and let them know we need to get rid of this particular font I, I just it just what like, not I, to do yeah yeah exactly um, awesome so what are within so you guys are traveling around to all of these things do you the the four of you do you do a lot of the traveling so it's definitely a mix of people on the team we try to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to get around to different trade shows. And so it all kind of just depends on what the show is, who may be interested in it, and trying to send people to things that inspire them. So mm -hmm. everyone ultimately at some point gets that opportunity, but mm -hmm. there's a bit too many of us to all be herding around okay. trade shows <laughs> together. How many people work here? About 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. So we're still small but mighty. Yeah. And I'd, I'd also say that even in our own time when we go on vacations, we're always going to grocery stores. Mm -hmm. We're always spotting yeah. trends. We're always immersed in it. Um, so even when we're on our off time, we're still yeah. Yeah, digging for more. Like when we're overseas and you know, an oh, area sure. where stuff that we're not seeing every day here in the United States yeah. might be popping off in, in different areas. Yeah, mm -hmm. most people are scared to go into other people's photos because you don't know what you're going to find. Yeah. If you went into our photo <laughs> rolls, you'd probably, probably find a out. bunch of shelf shots at grocery stores. Oh like, my gosh. I would say 75% of my phone camera roll and other people's in here are just shelf shots from grocery stores around the world. We have a interact group text that's okay. just with all employees that's filled with everything that we see everywhere we go. Yeah. No, and I, a lot of other ridiculous things, but including my wife dogs. Bit, my wife, oh, yeah. Including dogs. That's <laughs> yeah. a big aspect of our company culture. Is it? <laughs> yes. Dogs. Are yeah. you guys friends with Kong? They're right here in Boulder, aren't they? Kong dog toys? Oh. No, but I have a lot of their products. Yeah. yeah High quality should. stuff. I know. <laughs> they're a, they're a, I think they're in Boulder. Yeah, I know they are. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm the same way. My wife will like be like looking for pictures of my kids or something like that, and it's just like label, label, box, 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 shrink sleeve, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I just don't, <laughs> I don't have. Yeah. And for me though, it's normally um, because my full time job, I, I I make zero dollars making podcasts. Uh, my full time job is in like labels and folding carton manufacturing, so I'm always looking for problems, and it's it's easy to find. You go to a retail shelf and you look across it. So where you're looking at it from the the brand kind of the overall brand standpoint I'm like their printer is really struggling with registration mm -hmm. or their label application is rough because it, everything is is kind of all over the place so I'm looking for reasons to call somebody mm -hmm. to, to make a phone call to them mm -hmm. um, not just like I see that you make labels but I want to have like an actual reason to to give them a call um, so a little bit different but the same the same general thing which is um, so uh, when when it comes to packaging, what is what percent of your of the business here do you think is like focused on packaging for branding? Is it the majority of what you guys do is create packaging for brands, or is it? I mean, yeah, that's hundred. That's hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we do we uh, focus in other areas, but not until we've established the visual identity on packaging. We always start with packaging in our creative process. And then from there, we might translate it out to websites or different points of collateral or T-shirts or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but packaging is always where we start. Got it. Okay. Um, so when you're out talking with a, a potential new brand, and by the way, it's not just like new emerging brands, right? You guys work with new brands from large CPG mm -hmm. firms. Correct. Right? Yeah. So we work with everything from pre-revenue emerging brands to multi-million to billion dollar brands. And so everything from building a brand from the ground up to refreshing a brand that may have been in market for 20 years and it just can't keep up with what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So we work with a lot of um, like startup entrepreneurs, but then at some of the bigger brands, um, the cool thing is a lot of them are spinning off and doing like venture arms or yeah. incubators. So they're actually incubating a lot of these smaller brands that, um, you know, five, ten years ago might not have had the money to come to us and actually work with us. Um, so we're getting the opportunity to build brands within these massive companies that have budget to do mm -hmm. so. Um, but also, like, the best of both wor worlds are kind of uh, working with the entrepreneur themselves, um, even when we're working with big brands as well. Okay, cool. And then when it comes so. The, so are you doing everything from the like the structural like do you guys have structural engineers here um, or is it mostly like you would work with a packaging engineer at a manufacturing company to come up with different ideas but you are focused on overall brand color schemes not papyrus fonts that kind of stuff <laughs> um, correct yeah so we're not necessarily we we're, we don't have structural engineers on site which would be the short answer yeah um, but we are always considering like new innovation that's going on in that space and we might dream up something but then eventually we'll have to take it to a structural engineer right. um, or someone else to actually bring it to life for us yeah um, so we dream big but then when it comes to the actual production um, of that said structure, we would have to go elsewhere. Got it. Um, and then, so what maybe just individually kind of attracted you either to the company or to the industry or how did you like, I, I, my, my episode, uh, 
was a little bit was a little bit earlier, and I talked about how I was a pastor, and then I was uh, and I got married, and I just like got a job, and I just sort of fell in love with packaging and all that it represents. It's this super under the radar part. Everyone's getting into like digital and mm -hmm. social, and that's why it's cool what you guys are doing because you're like this like you know kind of like younger like hip you know bolder <laughs> company. You have yerba mate in the in the fridge. <laughs> But it's like we're focused on packaging, and that just doesn't happen. Packaging, it, it has sort of existed in this weird world. And so that's what I think is actually really cool about what you guys are doing here is my whole, one of the biggest parts of the podcast has been I want people my age and younger and like college students and high school kids to go, I really love art. Well, we'll consider getting into graphic design for packaging because it's not going away. It's a huge industry. You'll always have a job, all that kind of stuff, right? So um, did you guys all have backgrounds in packaging or what was, I mean, CU doesn't have a packaging school. CSU doesn't have a packaging school. So you're not like, I grew up and I you know, went to Michigan State and that's what I wanted to do my whole life. I got an internship at Craft and then, mm -hmm. yeah. I did not. I, I come from the advertising agency world where we would get occasional packaging clients. Um, and then fell into this, and it's it's kind of fun to be in a place that's so hyper focused yeah. and interact. We call ourselves the most obsessed, and it is obsessed with packaging. Yeah, yeah. I like the what was the quote when I walked up to Sarah's? It says like every obsession leads to a consequence mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that. That's a cool idea. Um, my my dad raised me on a similar thing, but he would say he would say all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Meaning like you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. and everything will have a consequence. It just may not be a beneficial consequence. And that was actually a really healthy way for me to judge, you know, yeah. decisions that I would make in my life. Like, okay, this isn't, I'm not gonna rebel because there is no rebellion. He's just saying, do what you want. Just understand there are negative consequences and there are positive consequences, yeah. so. I mean, we see it as like so many agencies design for design's sake and design isn't, there's some design is timeless, but not all design is. And what's trending now may not be trending in five years. And so we pride ourselves on designing for consequence. You know what I mean? How That's do we cool. shake up that shelf? How do we create something that doesn't follow all the tropes and the norms of the category? And it's designed with strategy in mind, you know? And how do we create strategic design that leads to increase in sales? So it's not just about the design <laughs> alone. It's about that consequence that we create within the category. Right. right. At the end of the day, it can be pretty, but it also has to work on shelf. It's right. got to do something. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it has to be, you have to be able to make it. Like yeah. I, my, my first job out of college, I was working at Walgreens, and I worked the overnight shift at Walgreens, and I would get these intricate, beautiful point-of-purchase displays, and I'm a 22-year-old kid mm -hmm. at 2 a.m., <laughs> and I'm like, nope. <laughs> just, and, and I was just, you know, I've, I've told this story before on, on the podcast, actually. I was just chucking them. Yeah. Just into the recycling bin. These are like twenty-five to forty-dollar wow. intricate, you know. And I'm just like, nah. and I would just take the product out and I'd go put it on the shelf. So there's a component of it that's like it also has to be. It has to be functional. Cool. functional. Yeah. And that I have to say is a big difference that I can see coming from advertising, where packaging wasn't the focus. And in agencies I've been at, we would do beautiful packaging, like amazing designers doing beautiful work. But the products never really lasted. And yeah. the difference here is it's designing beautiful packaging, but also packaging that is functional and that works mm -hmm. on the shelf. Yeah. And so. not just for a year, but for years to come. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, long-lasting brand. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So um, so how, how did the, the rest of you guys get into 
this world from like I again didn't come from a very traditional background. I went to school for environmental science. Okay. Um, and then I moved back home to Connecticut, New York area. Um, and there wasn't as much opportunity then to get into something that had to do with what I actually majored in. Um, so I actually, I started interning for an agency outside of New York City. Um, and it was in sort of the same realm as what we do here. Um, another packaging design, not as much uh, focus on strategy and some of the other elements that we focus on here, but um, yeah, they developed packaging and then I decided, I actually went to school out here in Colorado um, and I decided... At I, CU? No, I went to Colorado College, down in Colorado Springs. Oh yeah, Springs. Yeah. yeah. Go Tigers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we too lost our football team while I was there, so... <laughs> we didn't um, actually lose our football team. Oh, you didn't? No. <laughs> okay. No, it just... That went over my head. I don't no, know. No, we're just not very good. It's <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Yeah, CC does not have, because I grew up in Colorado Springs. Yeah. So. Yeah, we had a football team when I started, but then it uh, got disbanded while I was there. Got it. Anyway, so I decided I wanted to come back to Colorado um, and wanted to stay in the branding world and loved the energy that I saw here. When I joined, I think I was the fourth person, so we've grown quite a bit um, in the three and a half years since I joined the team. But um, yeah, we, we have a great culture and... Um, a lot of great people that, that work here and a lot of super smart, bright individuals that are passionate um, and love coming to work every day. So it kind of like we feel each other to an extent. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I fell into this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like literally you were outside yeah, and you were like, oh no. And somebody ran out and they were like, she's hurt. I ran and out. I was like, I can't <laughs> Yeah. No, I worked at Red Bull for about two and a half years doing everything from driving Mini Coopers to working to build brand new marketing events like Double Pipe and Schlitt and Tog and all those things. And so that was my introduction to brand. Okay. And I'd consider myself a very healthy person, but I like fell in love with Red Bull. Like I have a extreme affinity to it. I don't drink it, but I believe in that brand to the end of the day. Yeah. And you know what I, so that was my first interaction with like a true crazy brand that has immersed itself in people's lives and just captured. Yeah. And so that introduced me to branding, which I really, really loved. And then my senior year of college, I was looking for an internship and I actually got connected through a familiar acquaintance that, new interact and got in here doing account management it was not my schnick it was not my dig at all <laughs> <laughs> it was i kind of i love people i'm a huge extrovert but i don't want to manage them i want to lead them to a way and so luckily interact at the time when i was here maybe at six or seven people and that's the beauty of interact even though we've doubled in size is that if you want to do something you can do it and yeah. so while account management didn't spark my fire um, strategy did. And yeah. I just saw it. And so I honestly just started inviting myself to strategy meetings and got into it here. And now I'm a strategist and it works and it's beautiful. But yeah. it was in all honesty, when I heard about this company and package design, I was like, Oh God, no, <laughs> I, cause it doesn't, it doesn't sound sexy unless you like get into it and you start enjoying it. And you're like, I'm going to be doing strategy or managing packaging packaging companies. I know like you know what I mean it's not interesting on the outside and then when you get in you realize how intricate it is and all mm -hmm. the pieces that go into it and how it is super dynamic and there's so much that you have to understand and truly learn it and so then I fell in love with it but no I would say I yeah got lucky fell into it and truly found my obsession yeah that's awesome yeah packaging is uh it's kind of a 
it 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 sells obviously on the shelf. It's yeah. a really big component of that. Every study that exists out there yep. talks about the importance of it. Um, but even with e-commerce, I think there's people who are like, well, packaging isn't as important with e-commerce. I'm like, it's actually more important because yeah. now it has to it has to be durable because it, you're, it's it's going to be on their shelf. Mm-hmm. Like now you're selling it not only on a retail shelf, which is still a lot of products. It's not like retail mm-hmm. is totally gone away, but it, it also has to sell like in the pantry. You know, it's got to stand mm-hmm. out and some yeah. other, you know, there, yeah. there's some other, there's some interesting challenges. Packaging is not, it, it's actually become more important because it, it has to sell in, in a couple different places. It has to be able to photograph well. Yeah. You know, it's got, there's all sorts of stuff. So, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah, last one here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I graduated from CU in 2018 with a major in advertising and wanted to stay in Boulder after and always had a passion for health and fitness. And Were you from nutrition. here? No, I moved around a lot, but went to high school in Las Vegas and okay. then came here for school um, and then wanted to stay. But one of my mentors actually connected me with Interact. I told him I have two pieces of criteria, culture and something that I like to do. Um, And so I never really knew that packaging and food and bev would be in my future. But um, I always enjoyed going to the grocery store and walking around and um, trying new products. So I came to Interact um, as an intern and have been here for over a year now and am now full time. That's Uh, awesome. So, yeah. When did you come on full time? last september nice so we're getting close to a, a full year one year <laughs> yeah are they gonna do something i know like say. like new belgium will give like a bike on your one year uh-huh. and like what, what is it like their five what? year they take we you to, to like you're gonna have game. to start speaking to the partners yeah no they do all sorts of fun stuff so we'll we'll uh... my bike did get stolen so <laughs> i need a new one yeah there you go interact branded bicycles yeah yeah i saw your candles out there that would be That'd be so, fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't. I don't really remember where we're at on time. I feel like it's probably easier to um, get lost in a, in a larger group and just start yeah. talking. And mm-hmm. especially if there was bourbon involved, then it would not. Yeah. Uh, it would not be a good idea. Be here all day. Um, so, what are maybe some, uh, just some trends either in either in design or sustainability or uh, whatever it is that you guys are kind of seeing? You're out there. You're on the front lines, and you're without obviously giving away, I mean, people hire you to do this. I'm not, you know, don't, you don't have to like give away like free advice, but just stuff that is actually maybe making you excited about the food and beverage industry as a whole that you're seeing lots of people kind of come on board with, Um, you know, maybe from a strategy standpoint or from a packaging development standpoint, or just you guys are out there dealing with companies and accounts. Mm -hmm. What are people asking you for? So, I mean, I don't think it's anything revolutionary, but I, this wellness boom is truly transformed our grocery store. I mean, from a place where you had maybe one aisle of natural, in quotes, Mm -hmm. food that was for kind of the granola type of people, to nowadays where you can have like a better for you cookie, there's better for you, like replacements to Coke, there's better for you bread, there's better for you puffs, Mm -hmm. ice cream, Mm -hmm. rice krispies, so like all these traditional somewhat um, like foods that you have this like emotional connection to, whether it's downing your whole pint of ice cream and now you can have a pint of Halo Top that has 150 calories in it or whatever, you know? So the wellness boom has truly revolutionized the whole entire grocery store. And if we just look at like ingredients, I mean, look at CBD. Yeah. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Everyone is throwing it into their products. You look at whether it's superfoods or adaptogenics or like the rise of 
um, adaptogenic mushrooms, whether it's reishi, chaga, turkey tail, like all these homeopathic ingredients are starting to be infused in our food, which I think is really exciting to truly, you are what you eat. So if we can get our population yeah. to be eating better and caring for their mm -hmm. bodies better and being more mindful about what they're eating, it's, we're going to yeah. have a better population. So it's cool to just watch so many of our foods be shifted for the better. I mean, some of them may be shifted to a bit of extremes, but the options are, there's so many. Yeah, even in the mindful space while we're on that topic, like the whole sober curious mm -hmm. movement yep. that's going on in oh, alcohol yeah. and just being mindful of your consumption and whether or not you're substituting it with a lower elk option or a non-elk option or maybe a CBD uh, substitute or even, you know, we live in Colorado, so THC. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. You're seeing this, like, whole shift. It's kind of like this megatrend that's happening throughout, like, all of these Everything. different industries right now. I think the thing that um, interests me about that is I love, it, it feels like the tip of the iceberg, but I, there's a... Um, I told you guys before we started, I, like, I love hip-hop music, and there's this, this hip-hop artist named Sho Baraka, and he's got a line, and he says, uh, he said, why ain't there no Whole Foods in the hood? All we have is fast food, man, can't we eat good? And, and there is a, there is a there is, it's like, this is really exciting, I'd love to see it come to scale, so that it can become produced at a level at which everybody can afford to eat good. Because yeah. right now, it's, yep. it's a movement that's being generated um, through, mostly through affluence, and I think that's good. That's not yeah. a bad thing. We need to fuel everyone. Right, but how is this going to get down to? It's it's when when you travel abroad and you travel internationally, you guys talk about doing, um, you know, looking at, at different packaging trends. I saw one in in Kenya where on all their tobacco products they put like pictures of like dead babies. Yeah, what? Like wow. it was, Europe, a lot of countries yeah. in Europe do that. As it was well. gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, show your you need the big guys to get into it, and that's where I think these incubator arms start to get you a yeah. little bit excited of like. The day and age where we can get the General Mills of the world and the Kraft Heinz and the Mondelez and all these brands that have the capability, the money, and the resources to truly create better for you products for the masses, that's where the change is going to come. Because right. they can do it at a rate mm -hmm. that is affordable to all consumers and they have the capabilities to get that into all grocery stores. The yeah. problem is, is that we have this, it's not a problem, but when you have all these young entrepreneurs coming in and they have these lofty ideas to create these great products, they're not at a huge scale, so the price right. point is inherently going to be higher. Yeah. And so that's where you need the big dudes to come in. You need them to take over and to take it seriously. You know what I mean? Don't just write better for you. Create it better for right. you. Mm -hmm. Flip those ingredients, shift it all, and put it into grocery stores all over the place. Like, mm -hmm. why is fast food cheaper for lower-income families to afford than going to their grocery store to get better-for-you products? Right, or like locally grown. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I've never understood is like, why, uh, you know, can, can we encourage, you know, farming and, and like local growth practices in yep. poorer urban and rural areas mm -hmm. and 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 try I don't I don't have the answers to it by the way or yeah. else I wouldn't <laughs> I be doing this anyone does but that. but it's just like that 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 part of that trend that is really cool will become better oh I was going to say because when you travel internationally you realize especially in poorer countries they you don't have obese poor people Yep. You know what I mean? Like that is a unique problem to like Western, uh, you know, Western cultures. Mm -hmm. And so being able to, to take these healthy, the, these healthy eating options and, and keep pushing it so that it becomes available for everyone, I think yep. it's going to be really cool to see. But I agree. It's got to be, 
um, somebody big. So outside of outside of that, so we've got kind of this cool uh, movement towards health from a from a packaging standpoint. Um, you know, we talk we talk with a lot of people about sustainability and recyclability and all that. Is that is that still? Are you guys? Do you guys get? Do you feel like that is increasing and ramping up when it comes to be part of their brand? Like people are like, this has to be part of it. Whereas before it was maybe we would really like this, but you know, the I think it's be. a lot of them want want sustainability to be involved in it, and compostability is is becoming more of an option. It's harder for the smaller entrepreneurs that are just starting out to be able to afford some of those options, as it's growing and it is still growing. It has a lot of room to grow and the bigger companies get involved in it it will become more affordable for the smaller companies to choose a compostable package yeah. or to move away from plastic and try glass yeah um, so it's it's good to see it happening and it, it is coming it's not coming as quickly as the wave of like healthy food mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is coming interesting mm -hmm. well even in the sense of like um you see a lot of or maybe not a lot but a couple of companies gravitating towards the, the notion of like a refillable yeah. container. Yeah. And I know I read something the other day where Olay um, yeah. is trialing a program um, where you can actually uh, send back your used um, moisturizer mm -hmm. container and mm -hmm. they'll refill it for you, um, which is kind of cool to see a big company getting involved in something like that. Um, and I know there's, you know, a few other startups that are doing something really cool in that territory. Um, so mm -hmm. that's definitely exciting. And what's interesting too is, so while that's, because uh, I agree, that's been really, that's it just piloted in New York mm -hmm. and I think Washington. Um, and on the flip side of that, I just read that uh, Tesco, the big giant mm -hmm. retailer yeah. in Europe, is actually banning compostable packaging. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. because they have, they've, the, the studies that they are seeing, so I, I heard, I heard the uh, the analogy um, of if somebody gives you a piece of cake and somebody gives you some cardboard, what are you going to eat? And he was like, both of them will process through your body, but nobody's composting packaging. Even the big industrial, even like cities aren't actually composting the packaging. Mm. So in theory, like biologically or like whatever, it'll it'll break down or it'll compost. Um, but it won't compost in a residential and it won't, it was just an interesting, yeah. when they announced that, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy that they're, um, j just as a, you know, I know you guys are doing yeah. like trending and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I would, I would take a look and keep an eye on that. Um, but then you also have like Seattle that's like pushing for compostability so in their Boulder. packaging. We have a huge municipal composting. Yeah. Um, where they will come around and pick it up. Like I think mm -hmm. it's required in any multifamily. Oh, wow. complex interesting so that is what has to take off into the other markets because it doesn't matter if it's compostable if there's no way for people to compost it right um, but a lot of things are compostable in actual facilities as yeah. opposed to home compost yep and so we're a bit jaded being in Boulder because <laughs> we have a lot of great things here and Seattle is another option it'll expand it's just going to be a slow go yeah. of it. But the more that this anti-plastic wave takes off, and the big issue is the um, packs, like the multi-layered mm -hmm. pouches, it, that is what should be compostable. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, I can tell you just from personal experience, there's a lot of big brands that are trying to solve that problem mm -hmm. um, with you know, compostable or recyclable foil, like single-use packs. Yep. So, yeah, that's... Uh, 
that's good to know. It seems like I've, I've felt like it's gone from this would be a really nice thing to have because we think it's good to take care of the environment mm -hmm. to where the, the social pressure has become such a thing where it's like, if you don't do this, we are not going to buy your brand. Yep. And they're mm -hmm. losing money, and it's hitting them in yep. the pocketbooks, and it's like, oh, okay, now it doesn't really matter what the cost is. You know, what we, we understand the value. It doesn't matter what the cost mm -hmm. is. The value is that it's branding, it's, it's sustainable, it's good, you know. And uh, yeah, so I've seen, I've seen the similar kinds of things. So um, anything else, any other fun trends or exciting things that you guys have seen? If not, we can. We can uh, wrap it up. <laughs> Sid? I mean, I got all sorts of random things. I was going to say, you're the strategist. <laughs> how, like, how long do we have? <laughs> I don't know. I get really excited about things like the mushrooms, the adaptogenics and all those, just because they are so powerful. And I mean, even going outside of food and beverage, we have a lot of issues within our wellness and our mm -hmm. medical system. Mm -hmm. We have problems with pills in this country. We have problems with all that stuff. And so I get excited when I see different products like mushrooms that have the ability to help with different things, whether it may be stress, anxiety, sleep, like building neural networks in your brain. So I think mushrooms are something that people have to come on to because they mm -hmm. all just initially go right to the psychedelics. Right. But there's plenty that are not psychedelic that you can buy in your grocery <laughs> store yeah, yeah, yeah. and random things that have a lot of benefits and like... I know I love that type of stuff, or even like the rise of vinegar. Vinegar's been around forever. You look at Bragg's. Yeah. It's been here forever. And a lot of the older generations, like I think of my grandfather, has a whole swig of it every single morning. And a lot of the new generations don't want to do that. But we're seeing the rise in like drinking vinegars and all these different things. And so yeah. as you can integrate these things into your body and into your routine, I just think that as a species, we're going to be better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's think if we feel good you do good and you are good to a level, you know what I mean? So yeah, how yeah, can yeah. we make our people feel better and truly heal them instead of like covering up the way we feel? You should have your own podcast. <laughs> you should just knock it out. Cause then you can get it all out. You can just talk. Yeah. <laughs> it would be pretty exciting, right? I said, what is in Sydney's cabinet? Yeah. Weird, <laughs> yeah. weird food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like your own YouTube channel or something. That'd be yeah. awesome. Um, well, we lost, uh, we lost Christy to something. So uh, that's gonna happen. Um, but I appreciate this. This is the first one of these that we've done, so hopefully yeah, it turns awesome. off Thank really you. cool. The conversation was great, um, and hopefully the audio is good, and uh, we can we can get this thing posted. So cool. This concludes episode six of the People of Packaging podcast. We'd like to thank the women of Interact Boulder for an entertaining interview. Um, we might have to do more of these forum-type interviews in the future. They seem to be a lot more fun. Uh, please join us for Episode 7, coming shortly, where we will meet Avilio Matos of Design Packaging. And to show the importance of packaging and extending the brand message and interaction with uh, the customer. So... You know, as we continue doing more episodes, we will continue to expand the scope of the types of positions within packaging uh, that are available and try to show different skill sets uh, within the world of packaging as well. So 
stay tuned and we look forward to presenting episode seven. Thank you. <laughs>